Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. We are too wild and crazy guys. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. April 27th, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning of Derby Week. Uh, start off with a, at least for now, another beautiful, beautiful Man. day. Yesterday was perfect. Today, uh, off to a good start. And we're still holding strong with Derby Week weather, Roush, for the most part. So that's that's exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. 66 this morning. It's Woo. going to get up to 83 this afternoon. Man, I, really hard to do work when it's this nice outside. Well, luckily you're a blogger, so you are you should be good. Yeah, I'm also doing the thing where I'm like, I'm just doing everything as much as I can now so that I don't have to do anything like, like I, I don't have to work Thursday. The goal is to even be done even earlier Wednesday. I don't know if that's going to happen, but Hey, you know, we, we got to have goals in mind. Ben, yeah, I totally feel what you're saying and can relate. My thing would be with caps illustrated. I'd always just probably work the hardest of the year from like, and then back when I was covering recruiting from December, maybe like 14th to the 21st, just because I didn't want to work from Christmas to New Year's. Mm-hmm. So as long as I had enough stories, just, you know, maybe a story a day, two stories a day during that time span, I didn't really feel too guilty not logging on my computer or doing that stuff. Of course, there's breaking news, which you can't control. And that always is a bummer when it comes at an inconvenient time. But all right, you work your little butt off, Roush, so you can enjoy this weekend. I think that's oh, a fair man. trade-off. Yeah, yeah, I, I've already figured out not where they're, but like a little behind the scenes. Uh, your Jamin Davis and Kelvin Joseph just got drafted, posts are ready to roll. So, <laughs> insert, insert team here. Yes, exactly. Uh, a lot of underlines, but uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm fired up. I I went out to the backside yesterday. It today is one of those mornings where it's like, man, I wish we were out there. I. I talked to some folks that were there in usually media, like the media row is already abandoned anyway, by about nine 30 or so they, they get out of there by around nine at the latest. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I was talking to somebody, he said it is, you know, quieter, calmer than normal back there. So there isn't quite the same hubbub, but TJ, I still did something yesterday. I, I had a moment. I, I got to interview uh, one Brad Cox, and you'll never believe this, but I did not completely fanboy in front of him. I'm not buying that for a split second. So, what did you like? Give him a big hug when you saw him? Did you? You didn't like kiss his shoes, did you? Oh, yeah. I might have cleaned him off too. That's actually an old interview trick. You, before you, you just kiss the shoes of your subject, just to let them know you respect them and you're ready to interview them fairly and honestly. That's how like, we do it to, here. Yeah, you got to talk to Brad Cox. Uh, what, what, what he have to say? Uh, well, it was nice because I mean, it was one of those things too that we just kind of looked at each other and he's like, "Oh, so you're a South End guy? I'm a South End guy. We're gonna be best friends." He was calling me buddy. I mean, <laughs> it was really just a match made in heaven and. Uh, but 
to take all the joking out of it, it was pretty cool to have the kind of derby conversation that's also just, you know, I'm excited, but at the same time, it was easy just a good old South End guy. Like he's talking about his early derbies. You know, I remember winning colors. Oh yeah, Ali Sheba. That was that was a long time ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Will ET. And you know, we traded derby stories. He talked about his horses. He's really confident in essential quality. And whenever I asked him kind of the the big J journal, like, what would it mean to you to win the derby? He's just like, oh, you know, gosh. he had a couple snappy lines, but it wasn't he wasn't going to really yuck it up too much. What do you mean he wasn't going to yuck it up too much? He didn't want to talk to you? No, he, he wasn't going to just have bull crap like um, like he had his, if I'm the first trainer to win the Derby, it's going to be a great trivia question on Jeopardy that nobody gets. But like the sentimental stuff, he's not too, he's ready to go out there and win. And I, I love that mentality. He's like, you know, every year there's 19 Derby horses and one Derby winner. I don't want to have a Derby horse. I want to have a Derby winner. And I love the hear, hear, hearing him say that. And I also love when I kind of asked him the critical questions like, hey, people are saying blah, blah, blah. How do you respond? And especially in essential qualities case, I mean, this is an undefeated Breeders' Cup juvenile champion. Uh, every year we would be talking about how this is the prohibitive, maybe even odds on favorite. And yet most people were saying this is a wide open derby. And I was like, why, why do you think that's the case? And he's like, you know, I, I don't really get it, but I, I know that this horse has a lot left in the tank. Uh, the jockey said when he got off of his last ride at the Bluegrass Stakes that he didn't get to the bottom of them. He left some in the tank for uh, for the Kentucky Derby. And that, that's where a lot of people are critical, that he didn't just run away with the Bluegrass Stakes win in dominant fashion. And I like that Brad is still really confident that this horse – has more to show even even after showing a lot of five race history. That's so a lot to a lot to take in there. I always love the so other people are saying how do you respond questions. Love kind of, it. Love it. It, kind of, it kind of makes it seem like hey, it's not me, buddy. Just so you know, don't come swinging oh, at me. But other people not are me. saying. Definitely yeah. not me. I would never say a bad thing about a Brad Cox horse. So, did he invite you to the after party on Saturday? How did that go? I know you. I know you probably were fishing around for some invites. Are you? Are you in the inner circle yet? Uh, no, we're we're slowly working on that. I didn't even pull the sales card on him. I just used the UK card because, uh, you know, he knows the the KSR uh, folks pretty well. After she dares the devil last year, became a star on my Xbox's show. Uh, he also talked about the buzz horse. He's like, yeah, I gave him a, a mini people were saying with a compliment because, uh, Mandaloon, which great name, but, uh, every year there's a horse that does something good on the backside and they're like, Oh, you got to watch out for this horse. That's Mandaloon this year. That's his other derby horse. So, so just, it's like, it's like a, mind. so it's almost like a looks good in shorts kind of yes. thing. It's gr had great games in open gyms in the summer. It's the jo Josh Allen of the backside horses. Like, you just know that dude's going to be a quarterback. You know this horse is going to do good things. Yes. Uh, gotcha. And he ran terrible the last time out. I mean, absolutely terrible. And he was just like, well, there was nothing physically wrong with him. So, you know, we just got to scratch that one off and hope he returns to form. So, um, yeah. So, that's that's those two. There's a, there's a lot more. I'm getting deeper into my handicap and Terry. I've got a lot of horses to scratch out. But I was talking to the big guy yesterday, 
Ooh, birthday boy. Yeah, I wished him a happy birthday, and we chatted up a little bit, and he was very excited to hear that there's a horse named Hidden Stash running in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised that he was excited about that. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, it really is the Kentucky Roll Call horse of the Derby because it's it's jockey silks are blue and white checkerboards. Oh, is that the horse from Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. For uh, BB and Racing is like the racing conglomerate yeah. that owns it. Yeah, I've got a buddy that kind of has been a part of that since the the startup of it, and I think they've got a good horse running Wednesday too. Um, and then they've they've got a Derby horse as well that I'm sure a bunch of Kentucky fans will will throw some cash on. So that's Trevor's horse, the UK one. Interesting. Mm -hmm. There's also uh, it's kind of funny because you have the one with the UK connection that wears the blue and white silks. You have another horse that has a South Carolina connection, uh, and I believe that's uh, Superstock. I, I can't really remember off the top of my head. Uh, but there's also an, a one with an orange and white checkerboard, and that's like the king. Like the king, you can suck it like the king, you loser. Well, we could just do a hidden stash like the king. They're both 50 to 1 right now. Winner of that gets the checkerboard. Oh, great, great job. Loser leaves town. It's a mayor's bet. It's, it is. It's exactly. It's a mayor's bet. So that could be exciting. Justin, have you done any handicapping for the for the ponies? I have no idea how to handicap. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've tried to learn from guys in the past, and I know to look at the splits. But yeah, I just I can't do it. I can't make sense out of it. There's too much information. I don't look at the times. I I, I will get into times from time to time. But I yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I'm more of just what the horse has done and recent outings, Justin. That stuff is easy to read because all you got to see is, you know, did it come first, second, or third? And then it kind of gives a little description of how the race went. Did it finish strong? Did it kind of come up slow and all that stuff? I'm more of a what have you done for me lately kind of handicapper. Uh, I'm not, I don't get into the weeds of the splits either, Justin. So uh, we, we can handicap together. See, I'm one of those guys that I don't really want to put in the work to do it. But, you know, we like winning money, so I want to win money. But I don't want to put in the work, like I said. So I, I typically just listen to people that know. Um, I'll probably sprinkle a few on Roush's horses, he says. I'll listen to a couple <laughs> other guys and just take their horses because I, I truly just don't know enough about it. See, That's also not a bad idea. Just just copy. Yeah. Yeah. And is it, I don't know. Sometimes it's also smart to just fade Roush. But I do <laughs> think that there is – like there's there's plenty of dumb luck, you know, <laughs> when it comes to this. There will be horses that will be overbet because you've got an Uncle Charlie who likes hot rods and hot rod Charlie's in the race. Now, <laughs> this is the same thing. I, I will try to bet those horses, try to avoid betting those horses in the Derby. But in the Oaks, Pauline's Pearl is the one horse, and Pauline is my was my nana's name. So like I've got to bet on my nana's horse, right? Like you oh, got to yeah, bet on Pauline's Pearl. It's your Nana's purse, you, uh, your, your horse. You got to bet on Pauline's Pearl. Exactly. I've been, I've been saying that all week. Right. What's, so, what's, where's Pauline's Pearl? Uh, she's the one horse in the Oaks. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Oaks, yeah. A little different. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Midnight Bourbon. You like to drink Midnight Bourbon. So you're going to just bet up blindly on Steve Asmussen, yeah. and you might get lucky. Wow. Do you I, you said the KRC horse is hidden stash. What about Super Stonks? Uh, that horse is a bum. Super stonks, Roush. I know, I know. And I like Asmussen and Ricardo together. Uh, it's a great jockey trainer combo, but I just, I'm not a fan of that horse. 
Arkansas Derby. I'm throwing it out. Wow. So you're selling the stonks. Interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Well, Roush, the good news is you'll still have to wear a mask in the infield. Well, uh, but what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you will, unless there happens to be under a thousand people. Oh, there will not. But I did think that that was. So we're going to change the. Seriously. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to change our mask regulations. But I, 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 come on. Who cares? Are you really going to get that far into the weeds with this, Andy? Like, I don't just know. Stop. <laughs> I, I got so I it was so dumb of me too. I I deserve all of this, but like I'll listen to those press conferences. One when it, I'm at the office and it's four o'clock, and I just and I can't like you know the the I realize it's four. I realize he's about to be on, and then I'll click on it. But if it's like four ten, and then it's too you know I, I it's got to be kind of the perfect storm for me to click on it nowadays. Or if I'm into a good podcast or if I'm really just feeling some good tunes, then I'll just stick with that. But yesterday I did listen to it just as, you know, it probably works out where it's like ends up being once a week, maybe twice a week. Anyways. So I'm listening yesterday and it's just kind of the same old, same old. And, uh, then he's like, I, we do, we do have an announcement based on the numbers, based on where we're at and where we're going. And I was like, Oh crap, Roush. I was like, lucky me. I tune in the day that we're actually getting some big news here. I was like, is he going to end the mask mandate? What or is he going to end like curfews? What we're, we're getting something big here and lucky me tuned into it. Let's, let's hear what it is. And then literally it was just like the biggest fart of all time. <laughs> hey folks, guess what we're doing? You guys have been working hard and things. The numbers are great. We had, we had less than two cases per County. On average, yesterday, I know Monday's totals are usually a little bit less, but less if you if you took out all of Kentucky's cases, you spread them out throughout the counties of Kentucky. Only two people in each county would have one, and a lot and twenty counties would only have one person that would that would be infected with new positive cases of coronavirus. And then the positivity percentage, it's right uh, around three. It's just a little over three right now. And you got to remember, you know, those positivity percentages are only the people that are getting tested and fewer and fewer people are getting tested because one, they're vaccinated Two, Roush. They're not feeling sick. They're not feeling bad for the most part. So testing's down. But even with testing down, it's only a three percent positivity rate for people that are testing positive. And again, based on yesterday's numbers, if you spread it out throughout Kentucky, only two per county and about 20 counties would only have one person somewhere along that. I wasn't the best with numbers, but stand with me with those things. So I got pumped up and then literally, all right, folks, here's what we're doing. Crowds under a thousand people that are outside. Folks, you just put those masks away. You don't even need them anymore. Wow. Actually, you should still probably wear them just to be safe, but it's not mandated anymore. And if it's a thousand and one people, you better have that damn mask on, or I swear I'll get Dr. Stack out there to put a beat down on you. It's ridiculous. I didn't know that we had to wear masks outside, Roush. I thought we were good outside. I know that like soccer games and sporting events, that's their in-house regulations, but I didn't know we right. had mandates to wear masks outside. This was all news to me. Yeah, I, I I mean, I guess now you don't have people being the party patrol, the mask patrol at Little League games. This is probably what it's most for, so that the narcs and the highlands aren't just going little league by little league to make sure that parents are wearing masks in the stands. But I'm, I'm with you in that 
most people weren't doing it outside anyways. Like in yeah, <laughs> so it it's like your big announcement was really it was nothing. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if there's been any science anywhere along the way that said that when you're outside you need to be masked. And then now you're getting was it MIT that was like uh, we're not sure if the six feet social distancing, three feet social distancing, or sixty feet social distancing. We're not sure if that actually makes a difference with the passing of the coronavirus and all that stuff. So I don't get it, Roush. I'm I'm ready for restrictions to be lifted to some degree. Uh, other states have gotten rid of mask mandates for a few months. They've actually seen positive you know things have gotten better things are moving in a better direction than other places that are being stricter with masks so i don't know i was a little disappointed with that but you're still going to be wearing a mask during churchill downs time did you have to wear one while you're on the backside? i'm sure you probably did uh i did out of courtesy but when you were just walking around i pulled that thing down you know so like it yeah. show off those chompers and and that's what it's kind of going to be like i believe in the infield probably in the track as well where as long as you have your mask on when you're in line for something or going to the bathroom, then it's not really going to matter that much. Uh, just as long as you aren't breathing all over everybody. I, I, I'm with you in that there is a lot of fatigue in all of this, particularly if you're vaccinated and you're just like, why, why am I still doing this? Uh, but the the one thing that I do get, like, like I, I'm not going to uh, be overly critical when people say, look at this new study. We were doing this the whole time and it, it was all for nothing. It's like, well, you know, I can't, like, we didn't know anything. We didn't know any better. We were scared of our minds and we were just trying to do whatever we thought was best at this time of year ago. This time of year ago sucked. It was really bad. And nobody really knew what the hell was going on. And so I can't blame leaders for shutting down the world to stop the spread because that's literally the only thing we knew that would effectively work at the time. So I'm not going to hindsight's 2020 and some folks just want to be mad. Um, but hindsight well, is 2020. It's April 27th though. And we just got lifted a mask mandate, but only if it's under a thousand people, I think that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, that, that has I mean, nothing to do with going back in time. And I understand people at the forefront of all this. I still think a lot of people are just trying to do what they consider best and, and trying to save lives and do that stuff. My whole philosophy from the get-go, though, was people need to be able to make their own decisions. Don't force people to do things. That's where I've, I've been at. But you're right. I mean, we, people, we didn't know. We didn't know. that We've had things go different ways, a thousand percent. People say, you do this, you do that, you do that. And then the next month, no, actually, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. And uh, it's helped people not really trust what they've been told. I think it's caused confusion and people just have kind of had to feel like they've had to go with their gut on some of this stuff, which is kind of dangerous with some folks. But uh, I, 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 I understand you and I hear you. I just thought yesterday was goofy. Yeah, and uh, there, there's one thing too, TJ, where I was always like, no, you people are idiots. You have to tell them how to, like, if you don't make them, then they won't do it. But I also think that people are not only idiots, I think they're stubborn idiots at times. And if you tell them you have to do something, they will naturally just do the opposite. So maybe maybe by not mandating anything, we would have gotten more mass worn initially. I do think that the approach was wrong with, like, the vaccines. Um, like, you, you, you've got to be patient with people putting something into their bodies that they don't feel super comfortable with. And, yeah, I agree with you. The last thing you want to do is be like, 
Well, you got to. You need to do. You're an idiot if you don't. Like, go do it now, idiot. Like, it's available for you. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? You you must be a conspiracy theorist. Those people are just going to be like, oh, well, I don't really like being talked to that way. So I I'm still kind of uncomfortable about it. So I may I'm still. Yeah, I'm going to just take my time with this. Um, I, I got mine and happy that I did. It was easy. It was no harm. And if that's what people think we need to do to open things up, then I, I was happy to kind of do what I could do because I, you know, I don't really care. I think I'll be healthy one way or another, but who really knows? But yeah, I think the the rhetoric and the approach was kind of wrong uh, from the get-go. But again, nobody's perfect. Mistakes happen. Isn't that right, Justin? I, as I think you're just breathing into your microphone every Two minutes. So, uh, um, I was just going to jump in and say, for what it's worth, guys, living in a state um, where the mask mandate has been lifted, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. You've still got all those stores with signs on the front saying mask required, mask, you must wear a mask, yada, yada. So it really kind of sucks. There's very few stores even still that I can go into nearly a month later without a mask. But I'm all right. I'm, and I said this from the get go last summer, I'm all right with that, Justin, like it, it, you know, your business, you're allowed to make what rules you want. You're nobody says that you have to be open from eight to eight. You can do what you want to do. If you want to make people come in wearing masks, then so do it. People can also decide just to go to another store that doesn't require mask if they're so adamant about something like that. I just don't like that. It's like stores are, saying uh, the government's making us do that sorry we, we got to do it that was then, my whole thing from the get-go but then you're in a goose wild goose chase to find a store that doesn't require a mask so well I mean, if you're if you're that passionate about like so i don't really care wearing a mask it's not a big deal just to throw it sure. on for a few minutes i'll be excited when i don't have to run back to my car two out of every three times to because i forgot <laughs> to grab my mask but like you know if i really want to go to a store i really want to go to a restaurant and their sign says put a mask on I have no, I'm not going to make a stink about it. I don't care. I'll put my mask on. I'll go shopping. I'll get what I need to, and I'll, I'll do it. Now, if this is like three years later, and you know you still have some stores that require masks and some that don't, then you know what? I probably may, may go away from the stores that require the mask just because uh, enough's enough at some point. I'm not totally sick of it yet, but I think we will probably get there. I, I think that's probably fair to say. I think a lot of people are already pretty sick of having to wear a mask. I just don't think it should be a government mandate. Instead... People should decide. I'm totally sick of it. <laughs> You're sick of it completely. No, I, I am. I am completely over wearing a mask. Now it's not. It's not like the worst thing in the world. It's. It's not terrible. It's just such an inconvenience. I'm ready to breathe my own, or rarely ready to breathe fresh air as opposed to breathing my own, Stinky just recycled breath. over and over and over. Yeah, stinky, stinky, stinky breath. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I agree. It's just not a big deal for me to put it on for a few minutes, or to literally put it on, walk through a door, and then take it off. You know, like unless you're going shopping, but I'm not that big of a shopper. But that's what it is, Roush. Like if you go to a restaurant, it's walk into store, talk to hostess, have mask on, get seated, and then you're popping that bad boy off for the next hour and a half till you literally put it right back on for another thirty seconds, walk out of the restaurant. And then you take it off and you get into your car. That's what 98% of people do. And uh, it's, I do find the jokes funny of like COVID, the smartest disease in the world. A thousand people outside, you're good. 1,001, ah! <laughs> uh, sitting down at your table at a crowded restaurant, you pop that bad boy off, you're good to go. Walking through the restaurant, ah! So uh, some of that stuff kind of cracks people up, and I'm, I think it's kind of interesting in its own right. But 
That's I mean, what, that was an update from Andy Bashir yesterday. It's really stupid when you think about it. Like, d- just like you just said, TJ, we, we pop it off at the table, sit there without our mask. So we're safe. We're safe when we're at our table in our own space. But then walking through the restaurant where you likely are way less close to people, you have to wear it. It just doesn't make any sense. So stupid. No, it definitely doesn't make uh, a great deal of sense. But that's what we've been told to do. That's what people and businesses are doing more and more of. Let's go to a break and we'll come back. We'll switch some gears. We will continue to talk sports. We'll continue to talk derby. We'll continue to talk anything that you want to. We'll get to the text line as well. 502-414-1450. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. DJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I don't know why they call this stuff Hamburger Helper. It does just fine by itself, huh? Uh, I like it better than Tuna Helper myself. Don't you, Clark? You're the gourmet around here, Ed. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning of Derby Week. Appreciate you spending it with us. And it's Taco Tuesday. So check out Salsaritas. They got two locations, Middletown and St. Matthews. Round up, make a difference to the Make-A-Wish Foundation chapters of Indiana, Ohio, and most importantly, Kentucky. They're all important, and you can donate just a little bit. But if everybody did a little bit, it goes a long way. Middletown and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive-thru. St. Matthews newly renovated. Download the app as well. You can save some cash there. Tacos, burritos, wildly addictive chips, queso, perfect for catering. If you're having a little get-together, under a 1,000 people, pop those masks off and get some salsaritas. Easy to do all on your phone. And remember, when you do it on your phone, you're probably going to save some money. We love salsaritas. You will, too. Check them out. All right. Roush, what sports thing do you want to get into first? We got plenty of them. Give me, can, can we make this multiple choice? Oh, I'll just pick one then. All right. Carly Team, Jones leaving Louisville. Yeah, I don't think we should be surprised, even though Louisville fans were holding out hope for quite some time. They, I do think it's a little surprise for U of L that they don't have David Johnson or Carly Jones. I do think that's a surprise for U of L fans. I, I think if you would have asked them, after their season, Justin, when they didn't make the NCAA tournament, that, hey, are you going to have at least one of Carly Jones or David Johnson? I guarantee you 95% of Louisville fans would have said, yeah, we'll have at least one of them. I think you would have had a good chunk of people say that they thought they would have gotten two. Oh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah. I've, I've talked to my stepbrother about this, who's a big Louisville fan, and we talked right after the season was over. He for sure thought they were coming back. I, I brought up the point. I was like, dude, uh. Louisville's probably going to be pretty garbage next year. And he was all, no, David Johnson, Carly Jones. I was like, no. So, yeah, I mean, he he thought they were all coming or they were both coming back. But I think think you're right. There probably was a pretty good portion of the fan base that probably thought the same. And and especially from a 
like Carly Jones, you understood. He's a six-year guy. He had a great year. You know, might as well use that momentum and try to capitalize it and cash in. But I, the part that I don't that if you're Mac, you have to have built up good enough goodwill with one of them to keep him back. And I think the way he handled them this year by taking the ball out of David Johnson's hands probably ticked him off enough to say, "Eh, I'm just going to go elsewhere," and that's going to end up costing him this year. Yeah, so I, of course, I was just like, all right, so that's news. That's huge college basketball news. It's an opponent that Kentucky's going to play. The the dorks and losers, I don't know why I still let them trigger me from time to time. But, like, folks, uh, UofL fans can have opinions on UK's roster, and UK people can have opinions on UofL's roster. Sometimes it's actually fun to talk with UofL people about their roster, get a better idea how they're feeling, what they think, and vice versa. But, um, the obsession. Yeah, Those yeah, people yeah. suck so much. Like, uh, I just, well, why don't you worry about your own team, bro? I mean, like the whole point of a rivalry is to talk about the other team. <laughs> well, it's also just like, all right, you dork. Tell me, the, the, give me a list of teams that I can talk about and give me a list of the teams that I can't talk about. <laughs> and you know what? If I'm so dumb and I'm such an idiot, then why would my opinion even bother you? Like, what, like when I hear a six-year-old talking sports, I'm just like, you idiot. You don't know even what you're talking. You're six. You don't even know what you're talking about. Like your opinion is meaningless to me. Um, that, like people should have that mindset with me. Like if you, if you don't like what I have to say about something, then that's fine. It's just one person's opinion. I don't pretend to be an expert on U of L basketball. As a matter of fact, Jalen Withers, who started, I think almost every game for the Cards last year. I didn't. I, I didn't going include, to Auburn. No, 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 no. sorry, I got no, him confused. Jamin Brakefield. I got him confused yeah. by the way they spelled Jamin and Jalen. Yes. Yeah. Uh yeah, different names entirely, certainly different last names, but he's going to Ole Miss too. Uh so. Ole Miss. Okay. <laughs> Knew there was an SEC somewhere. Okay. Knew it started I was looking up stuff. I was looking up a list of transfers last night. Ole Miss has gotten a ton of guys. Yeah, they they have. Texas has gotten a bunch as well. And uh, there's some teams that have just like brought in a ton of new dudes from the transfers, and then there's some teams that have lost like nine people in the transfer portal. Like Texas A&M has lost a lot of people, uh, so it's gone it's gone both ways with a lot of teams. Just and a lot of people bring it. Some teams just basically making transfer teams, and then other teams they're going to have to do that because they lost pretty much everybody. But uh, Jalen, like I didn't include Jalen Withers as a starter, and that was really dumb of me. It was just a complete goof. Like he's absolutely going to be a starter. I actually think Withers is pretty good. But they're looking at a lineup, Roush and Justin, of L. Ellis. He was the JUCO uh, guy down in Florida. He, I think he won his – he was JUCO player of the year in his conference, like the Panhandle Conference of Florida. Seems like a pretty good player. A lot of big schools wanted him. And then at the two, I guess that they would go Noah Locke. Potentially you could play him at the three if you really wanted to. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess we'd have to wait and see exactly how that's going to shake out. Uh, then you're going to start Malik Williams at the five. I'm kind of jumping around right now. You know that. Then you're going to start Withers at the four. And then at the three, you're probably going to go Samuel Williamson. So you'll have L. Ellis, Noah Locke, Samuel Williamson, Withers, and Malik Williams. That's a good five. Like I, Assuming that L. Ellis is what we expect him to be not a safe assumption hello Devin ask you but assuming he is what we think he'll be that's a pretty good starting five the issue is the bench and also I'm not crazy about like Malik Williams being your permanent starting five one he's probably gonna get hurt as much as we hate saying that probably will two 
Eh. I mean, he's not going to do much for you inside to begin with. He's more of a stretch four. So the fact that you're going to have to fix fit him into playing a five permanently, that ain't good. I know they're getting some freshman dude, Roosevelt Wheeler. Do you know anything about him, Justin? I think he's from Indiana. I don't, actually. Sounds okay. like a... Uh... Like a President. early 20th century politician. Yeah. yeah. I saw UVL fans talking about Wheeler, and I was like, oh, the Georgia dude. That'd be a great kid. That'd be a much better guy to get than that Marshall grad transfer y'all got. And they were like, no, no, our freshman Roosevelt Wheeler. And I was like, oh, I don't Wheeler? Know. Hardly knew her. I don't, I don't know anything about this, this person, but maybe. Uh, but, you know, Withers on the front court, okay. Malik Williams on the front. You just got a bunch of, like, okay pieces on the front court. Nothing dominant by any stretch of the imagination. Then you do get the Marshall transfer as a backup guard. That's a nice piece to have as a backup. I get excited about J.J. Trainer as well. I think he could take a nice step forward. He's got to put on a little bit of weight. But that's it, Roush. That's it. Like, a lot of question marks on the front court. You get two nice bench players, in my opinion, with Trainer and the West fella. But then you still don't really know exactly what to expect from Ellis. So I think it's a tournament team, but I think it's probably an eight or nine seed. That's that's fair, uh, particularly when you just can't have faith in what Chris Mack's done at Louisville, uh, you know. And this isn't even me trying to be a big hot take quake either. I mean, look at the month of February. Uh, I know this year you probably ha- give him a little bit of an exception because of all the COVID junk that really saddled on him, but uh, you just can't trust him right now to to put it together down the stretch. So I. Uh, Yeah, it's not bad, but it's also nothing that's going to scare you. You know, I I don't I don't know what Louisville fans are going to be, how chesty they can be. And I think just in general, between Satterfield and the way that this season ended with Mac, we're going to hit a spot over the summer where we're going to try to poke and prod at him just to get a reaction out of him. And I don't even think they're they care enough to. I, I think we've reached that point with them, sadly. I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I, I don't it, – it's kind of bugged me a little bit, and, and Kentucky was horrible last year too, so we we were a part of it, no doubt about it. But, like, I just don't think U of all basketball expects national championships anymore, Roush. You would think that they would at least, you know, hey, we can win the ACC this year. I mean, in, in reality, I'm not saying that they're the same program history or anything, but – the way the ACC has treated them, they should be putting winning the ACC up on a pedestal like Kentucky does with football. Now, I believe they got a share of one of the regular season titles. Correct? Didn't they? Didn't they have that one year? Uh, they, they like, I don't. I think I thought they maybe maybe that sounds right now that you're mentioning it. And I think they end up like choking big time, so they end up not even getting the one seed, but they did technically still get a share. Yes, I think, yes, I think, that I think sounds right. Yeah, against think, Virginia, probably in that. Yeah, um, just a safe but, assumption. It was against Virginia. Just yeah. normally, just be like end of the season. They needed to win a game. They lost oh. to Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is that's exactly what I. They should be shooting for that ACC title, and then when they say, "Oh, the SEC," like all of their arguments against Kentucky football are their arguments for why their basketball team. I mean, it's. It's Spider-Man meme right now, and they can't understand that they're that's who they are right now in the basketball world because the ACC has been brutal to them, even in a down year like this year. This year, 
I, I forget. It was like the Florida State game, maybe, or it was some joke team. And Florida State was actually good, but there was some joke of a team that if they just beat them, they would have had uh, like they would have moved up four spots in the ACC tournament. And they could have avoided playing Duke in that first round. Nah, that and that's that comes down to coaching, and that's on Chris Mack. So that's why I don't think you're going to have folks very optimistic because you don't have. You don't have anything there. There's nothing proven in your ACC play that says, hey, I can go out there. I, I, I know we can get it done when it matters most. I will say, Justin, in my opinion, no Carly Jones, no David Johnson. I, I don't think they have a prayer at a Final Four. Obviously, last year, UCLA, nobody thought they'd make a Final Four. Houston, a lot of people probably didn't really think they had a chance to, but I thought they were a pretty good team. But uh, I think what they, I just don't think you have enough star power. Again, maybe L. Ellis ends up being really, really good and surprising folks. Maybe Samuel Williamson makes this huge jump. Potentially J.J. Trainer does. I don't know. Uh, I like what Withers brings to the table. Potentially he could. It's just a bunch of unknown pieces that you're just really hoping take this big next step. But I, I don't think they're a title contender whatsoever. But they do have one scholarship, Roush. So if I'm Mac, I'm like, please, I got to make something happen with this. And if I'm Mac, I'm definitely going after a big guy. But they've been reluctant to go after big guys throughout this entire process. So they must think between Malik Williams and Withers and Dre Davis is super undersized, but maybe mm -hmm. you throw him. He had to play some front court minutes last year. You got the Witzenheimer. Maybe you, you feel good about him. I don't know. They also have Matt Cross. He's the transfer for Miami. That's a pretty good shooter, but I don't think he's much to really get excited. He's more of a Charles Minlin, in my opinion, who did nothing for them last year for UofL, but did battle some injuries. But, Justin, I just don't think they have enough firepower to – to really think big, dream big, whether it be ACC Roush, like you mentioned, or NCAA tournament, like I've mentioned. Well, no, and you mentioned the starting five, or potential starting five, we should say. That is a great group of guys uh, individually, but how are they as a team? That's what worries me if I'm a Louisville fan. You saw last year Chris Mack went the transfer portal route. Didn't work out. They had a decent season, but it wasn't a great season. So you're you're now banking on in the future him putting together a solid group of guys that can not only play ball, but they can come in and play ball together and win in a team fashion, which not sure if you're going to get that or not. I don't know. That's that's well, what's interesting about this whole transfer portal thing is you're bringing a bunch of guys together that haven't ever played together. Yeah, and teams, it, it, to some degree, it's similar to like starting a team with a bunch of freshmen. At least you have college yeah, no, experience. It's, it's when you're very similar to Kentucky and in early yeah. Cal days, no but, doubt. But, but the chemistry aspect, you don't know how that's going to pan out. And Louisville stunk last year, by the way. I think you mentioned they had an okay season. Not making the tournament. Well, anymore. they – they okay, let me let – me Ju Justin's bar it. is much different yeah, than yeah. the internet. <laughs> like, is, okay <laughs> season for Justin is now like, oh, they almost made the tournament. This is true. No, that, I mean, but let's be honest. Before those last, what, they lose like their last six in a row. Before that, they were they were in a pretty good spot to be in the tournament. They just – the wheels came off. Now, hey, does, does Indiana get – I know they had a series with Louisville. Are they – do they get – get them next year i'm pretty sure yeah, it's I think over it's, oh no, i think it's over oh i'm thinking of football then oh yeah well, football starting up i think next year maybe the okay. year after that yeah indiana think, louisville oh yeah, yeah big boy really? didn't know that. yep you're gonna head see, on over to memorial what's the name of their stadium memorial stadium right yep i did see all indiana signed up notre dame for 2030 31 that's pretty stupid but mark your calendar we'll hey Nick, Indiana, they're not scared to schedule. Louisville's not scared to schedule, but you just want Cupcake City. Yep. Sad. Embar nope. Embarrassing. 
Uh, well, see him in the bowl game. Indiana hasn't won a bowl game in like 50 years. So, Justin, there's no way that's who they true, play right? Earlier. You had to, at least uh, win an, you had to win no, an inside I, bowl at some point. No, I want to say like 71 was the last one. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive on that. Almost exactly 50 years. So, yeah. Wow. Imagine having that long of an embarrassing football streak, Roush. Can't relate, you know? No, no. Can't relate at all. But actually, Justin, I will tip my cap to you. After Carly Jones announced his departure, I would 100% feel much better about my basketball roster at Indiana than I would at U of L. Wow. I think that's a hot take. Yeah, I mean, I, Indiana, Louisville's got nobody like Trace Jackson Davis. Just nobody. Indiana's loaded, y'all. Loaded with what? <laughs> we got great players. And let me tell you again, in case you forgot, three coaches. Three head coaches. <laughs> You're loaded with goofy pants. That's what you're loaded with. Uh, who, who's I use backcourt going to be? Starting backcourt, go. Um, will be Xavier Johnson, okay. Rob Fennessy, and mm. I think they'll they'll play like a, well, I don't know. Mike Woodson wants to do the four out one in. I'll go Fennessy Johnson and Christian Lander. Okay, I mean, Christian Lander isn't good at basketball right now. Oh, no, no he's no. just developing. He's, he's no. on his way. Christian Lander, let me, I'll be the first to tell you guys. I have covered Christian Lander in high school probably six times. Christian Lander is a hell of a basketball player. That kid can shoot, he can handle. He's an awesome, awesome basketball player. What happened to him his freshman year? Not sure. Maybe the fact that he should have still been a senior in high school got to him a little bit, wasn't ready for the big stage. But if you watched Indiana, Christian Lander got a lot better as the season went on. So I'm really excited about him go, moving forward. Well, it's tough to argue with that. His last game, uh, he had zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero fouls, one turnover, and zero points. So, yeah, he did really turn it on late. He he didn't play. I mean, he late, late in the season, like the last two or three games, he didn't get a lot of playing time. But the ones before that, Probably the six or seven games before that, he was he was really playing well. You, and the and, stats and the stats may not show that. I, I'm not. I haven't looked at the stats, but from a visual perspective, he he looked a lot better as the season moved on. And TJ, when Devin Askew was still in the fold, we were finding ways to spin it to where, like, you know what, we could he can get better. And you know what, so I'm not going to begrudge Justin for talking himself into the well, home, no, home, and, yeah, and, the and Johnny Jazang wasn't the Johnny Jazang he was at UCLA at Kentucky either. I, Justin, I'm just kind of trolling. I do understand players get better, but no. to rely on somebody like Christian Lander to be the uh, big thing is is maybe setting your your expectations a little too high. Well, I don't know where I don't know where or when I ever said I expect big things from Christian Lander. Well, you, you think he's going to be a start? You think he's going to be a starter on a team that you think is loaded? That, so. Yeah, but that does that. We don't need big things from Christian Lander. We need him to not turn the ball over. And Nick, I'm I'm glad you brought up Askew because that's what I'm sitting here thinking about the whole time I'm describing Christian Lander. It's very, very similar to the Devin Askew situation. But Christian is hanging in there. We'll see if it pans out or not. It, it could very well end up a, a poor decision. So we'll see. Well, if Christian played 27 minutes a game, I'm sure his numbers would have been uh, similar to Devin Askew's and certainly better than that they were. But he played about a third of that. So, yeah. uh, no, I, I, I do think Lander should be better. And in time, he may be a nice player. But I I think it's a little wishful thinking, thinking he's going to take a big if, step. If, but it we could happen. Get, if we get three points a game from Christian Lander, winning. Okay, you can't say that you want your starter to average three points per game. <laughs> the rest, yes, I can, because no, the rest, of the, st three the rest of the starters will make up for that. 
three points well, per game. That's not so how like starters work. We don't need we don't need points from Christian Lander. That's what I'm saying. We need we need distribution and we need taking care of the basketball. That's it. Period. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Disagree with the three points per game bit. You know who averaged three points per game on Kentucky's national championship team? Who's that? Nobody. But uh, the closest <laughs> thing to it, the closest Eloy thing Vargas? to it was either Kyle Wilcher at five at Kyle Wilcher at five points per game or Sam Malone at one point per game. Well, what, I mean, what, that's, what was that's, Eloy? Eloy had to be close, right? Point eight. Oh wow. Eloy on average point eight. He probably got like eight, ten minutes or so too. See, that's phenomenal because that was Six. a national championship team, but Indiana's not expected to go to the national championship. Oh, I must have thought I heard you say that they were loaded. Huh. <laughs> they, they, I mean, they are, but they, you guys know, I know, every everyone knows they're not going to do anything with it. They never do. Oh, Justin, I just like getting y'all fired up. Buddy. Oh, I, I do love to how quickly, Justin, you got to stay in your ground, buddy. You can't go from we're going to be loaded to we know that Indiana's going to screw it up. You we let TJ get to loaded. you. You let, you let TJ no. get to you. You back yeah. down. Yeah. I mean, you guys, it, you know how many years? Sad. You like, know you're how supposed years? to be Trevor Jr., damn it. I go in thinking every year, this is the team, this is it. And every year they just. <laughs> Put their hand in my chest and rip my heart out, and I'm not having it anymore. Oh, Justin. I'm going in with tampered expectations from here on out. <laughs> but we're loaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm loaded. I love it. I Three love head it. coaches. Three head coaches. Uh, let's go to the text slot here just briefly, and then we'll go to the daily double break. It's Gary Old. Old, old man in Mank, Roush, not Brian Cranston. Oh, sorry. I get, I get, like, can you blame me for getting Gary Oldman and Gar Brian Cranston confused? I don't know who Gary Oldman is, if it makes you feel better. He was, his best role was probably Churchill. Uh, he was Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movies. He also oh, okay. was in the, the gotcha. Blonde movie with Denzel Washington, Book of Whatever. Yeah, I mean He's that good. does. To be fair, that does seem like a different person than Brian Cranston. Yeah, it's the box head and the really good <laughs> acting that kind of got me there. They're about the same age, you know. Serious dramas. Texter says I would definitely prefer Ty Ty over Wheeler. Would take Car's Egg or Pippen over Ty Ty though. I just think it's important to have guards that defenders have to respect from deep. It was a bit of an issue with Hagen's. All right, so that is a very good point by the texture because we can remember back, we can recall back to those games where whoever was guarding Hashton Hagens at the top of the key was just camping out at the free throw line, just daring him. And he had to take some of those shots. I, I specifically remember being on this radio show saying, you saying, he's just got to take them. He has to, or else they're going to keep playing him like that. They have to at least try to respect him. So, uh, I, I do like that point, and TJ, I haven't really adjusted my uh, rankings or whatever it might be, but I do think that in the case of all of these guys, I'm just probably, and, and it's definitely where I've seen him the most, but Scottie Pippen Jr., I would be all in on. Like, he would, I would take him over any of them, but he's not even in the transfer portal right now, so... Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 I would, I would too. And the, you know, the thing about this texture though is that like, you take Ty Ty over Wheeler. Are you sure that Ty Ty's a thirty five percent plus three point shooter in college? Are you sure that he's thirty? 
where you draw on the line. And you may be saying, I don't know what he's going to be, but I bet he's going to be better than Wheeler. So that's all I care about. That's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion on this. Everybody's just guessing and everybody's just kind of analyzing stuff them, them, themselves. I've always been, give me somebody a little bit more experienced over Ty Ty because I like Ty Ty, but I think he's going to do his most damage his sophomore year. We'll cross that bridge as a sophomore when we get to it. We're worried about this upcoming season. Kentucky needs a big bounce back here. You want to win a national championship. I, I want, or at least go to a Final Four. I would want somebody uh, that's just a little bit more developed and not so much as a wild card because you're going to get some wild cards on this team. We don't know really what to expect out of Nolan Hickman. I like him. I'm pumped up about him. But we don't know exactly what kind of shooter Ty Ty is going to be. But but if you still want somebody over Wheeler like that, because one, Wheeler's 5'10". He's not tall. Two, he's not a great, great outside shooter. And three, like I said, I don't think he ends up at Kentucky. But if he does, I ain't going to be mad about it. And same with Pippen. Same with Carr, same with Zagorowski. Too big to fail, Roush, as we've said a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and in two, like Wheeler's stats, the shooting percentages are not great. Uh, I don't have them in front of me, but I would also say that part of the reason they aren't great is the way that Georgia played, where A, they stunk, so he had to take a lot of shots, and B, Tom Crean doesn't believe in defense, so it's just we're going to try to shoot it a bajillion times a game. Like, just the volume is, you know, I'm sure in a smaller sample size, he could be a more efficient shooter. Yeah, yeah, he definitely could be a more efficient shooter, and he he didn't actually take a ton of threes, for what it's worth. Um, he, He took a... Well, no, actually, I'm looking at his or his freshman year numbers. Excuse me. He took he took a decent amount of threes. He's got a. I mean, that's horrible. Twenty two percent from three is terrible. There, yeah, very, there's very no bad. other ifs, ands, or buts about it uh, for the amount of shots that he had. But he does a lot of other things. Obviously, he's known for his passing. He's. I mean, imagine having Grady, C.J. Frederick, and Dante Allen lined up on the wing as Wheeler's just getting wherever he wants on the floor because he can get around people pretty easily. He's a good free throw shooter, which I think should give you maybe a little bit, or he's he's a good enough free throw shooter. Maybe maybe should give you a little bit of hope that his three-point numbers can get a little bit better. But Roush, he's just an amazing passer. And yeah, he's bound to turn the ball over. I think what you said is more applicant to his turnovers. The way Tom Crean plays, how fast they play, how quick up and down the court they want to get, you're bound just to throw it to people who may not be ready for the ball. You may throw it to people, it bounces off their hands, goes out of bounds. You get the turnover for that. Or you just may be trying to force too many things. But um, I would take him as a better option than Washington, but I understand uh, smart people definitely could and will disagree with me. We have some more recruiting thing we need to get to because uh, KSR had some interesting reports from one Jonathan Giovanni. And Giovanni. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll get to more text. 502-414-1450. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. We'll return after these short messages. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Roll Radio. Roll Call. 
DJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Tuesday beautiful morning. Keep the text coming in. Nice steady stream of texts on this morning. Keep them coming. 502-414-1450. Remember, KRC goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. And we come right back on after we get off the air. 9 to 11. It's the same show. We don't add anything different. Or do we? <gasps> Surprise content from 9 to 11. No, it's the same thing. Uh, but you can also get us on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We got a data and hassle-free streaming number that makes listening a breeze. We're on the TuneIn Radio app. That data and hassle-free streaming number, by the way, is 515-605-5382. And one Justin Kalen has a big announcement. Take it away. Uh, uh, I... Who's your dingus? Okay, so we got verified for Spotify yesterday. Woo! I was looking during the break, and it's not up just yet. So hold what your horses just hell? a bit. But it got verified. They said it would be on. So I'll have to look into that. But <laughs> in all in all likelihood, Trevor's got an email in his email that we have to <laughs> respond to. But <laughs> I hope the, the birthday boy had a I hope the birthday boy had a great birthday. And thanks to everybody that reached out on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page or on Twitter and said happy birthday to the big guy. And a thanks to Justin Kalen for working to figure out the Spotify stuff. I think the finish line's in sight. And uh I know it was kind of more annoying than it was like like long, tedious work, Justin. It was more just like a pain in the butt, but you did it, Correct. man. I did it. Yep. I, I figured it out. Look at me go. I'm proud of you. Uh, all right, Roush, fun first hour there. We got a lot more to get to, but Damian Collins better than Chet Holgram? What? Some people are saying maybe it could happen someday. Yeah, and not just somebody. Somebody with quite a prestigious reputation, Jonathan Giovanni. He is the top scout, if you will, top talent, basketball talent scout for ESPN right now. You knew him as Draft Express. Now he's in the at the grassroots level scouting people from Croatia to Cumberland. I mean, everywhere in between. He He's doing it all. And over the weekend, he was at the Midwest Mania, Mania, Mania. Mania. <laughs> and <laughs> and he, he, Jack Pilgrim spoke with him and he essentially said, you know, there's not a there's not a whole lot that separates the two. I think offensively, I tried pulling it up, but my uh, naturally my computer froze, um, or at least the the Safari quit working. So I'm efforting to to bring that up, um, but the computer isn't cooperating because I, I really wanted to have the exact quotes because it's like, man, this is actually. I, I know that when you talk to a scout, they can kind of pretty up some of the they, they can really polish up some of the bright sides but Damien Collins does get overlooked quite a bit when we talk about next year's team just because he he was added so early and we just haven't been able to like a lot of these college kids we haven't been able to or excuse me high school kids we haven't been able to see them we get a little bit more excited about the grad transfer guys just because they're the next thing up when Collins has been in the fold for months now no, yeah, and, and that's just natural. Everybody's going to do that. Every fan base is going to have that to some extent where you get excited about the next big things. But I was saying back when Kentucky got Damian Collins, that was a huge deal. That dude is an absolute freak athlete. How it all pans out, I don't know. But uh, I had the maybe uh, the hot take 
Roush that I think he's further along as a basketball player at this stage of his life than Isaiah Jackson was. And we saw what Jackson started to become as the season progressed. He was a freak. I mean, it, like worked his way from not being on any mock draft to now a lot of people are looking at him as a lottery pick. And once he can start working out and doing combines and all that fun stuff, I think he's just going to blow people away even more. No, I do not anticipate him coming back as sweet as it would be, but we've been on the forefront of this from the get-go. Do not expect Isaiah Jackson to return to Kentucky. But I think Damian Collins is further along right now. Does that mean he'll progress as much? Not necessarily, but one would like to think or be optimistic or hopeful that he can do. And they are different players. They're not the complete similar players of what they're going to do. I think Damien Collins is going to try to float a little bit more to the outside, which some people may hate that. Some people may like that. I don't know. But you you are getting another freak athletic shot blocker, Roush. If nothing else, that do I mean, he's an alien. You know, look at that picture of him, that one that we posted and we had fun with way back when. His mm-hmm. arms, like, go down past his knees. And he's, yeah. what, 6'10"? Like yeah. So it's not like he's like short and just has freakishly long arms. He does have freakishly long arms. There's no denying that. But the dude's tall. He's got a solid frame to him. Obviously, people that build, you're always going to say, I'd like him to put on a little bit more weight. But right. the dude can jump out of the gym. He's a freak. He's going to be good. And uh, hopefully Keon Brooks decides to come back to Kentucky. And you have Collins. And you have Brook. And you have Ware. And you have Toppin. And you have Shoeboy. And too big to fail, Roush. That's too many good pieces to not have it work out one way or another. At a minimum, you know what you're getting out of Brooks and Shoeboy. Even if they don't take this big step forward that we talk about with Louisville, but even if it doesn't happen with Kentucky with those dudes. All right, that's a formidable front court, if nothing else. Like, that's is it good enough to win a national championship? Eh, probably not, but it's probably good enough to go to a Final Four just off that alone. Then, what's Damian Collins bring to the table? Toppin's going to blow up. Like he's going to be a re- he's going to be a much better player. I don't know if we see he's not going to be a finished product this season, but I think he's going to look like a different player. Uh, Ware, just a hustle guy. He'll get better too. He'll still have a bench. I think Ware, you're looking more of a junior year for him to take that that next big step up. Roush, it's good. It's really good, and you got a lot of options, and you got a lot of pieces, and you got a lot of guys that do a lot of different things, and you've got shooters, and you got people that can spread the floor, but you got bullies inside, and you got rebounders, and you got shot blockers, and it, it's hard not to get excited about it where it stands right now. And that's assuming Keon Brooks comes back. I'm starting to feel better about him maybe returning. I don't. That's not inside information. That's just gut stuff. But I'm starting to feel better about him returning to Kentucky. I love that front court. It just it, the versatility of it. It's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, and the point that Giovanni made too. Uh, I actually pulled it up. Is that you know I don't think the gap between him and Homeroom is that big. Honestly, they have a lot of similarities. I just need to see more of him. I think he's had a chance to be special. But for Collins, what's really exciting is that he can help space the floor with Oscar Shibway. Uh, maybe even if Cal runs some of uh, Mike Woodson's four out one in. Yeah. <laughs> three head coaches, Justin. Yeah. Three. three head coaches. Not one, not two, <laughs> three. <laughs> uh, but that can provide some space. I do just worry about his shooting ability because I see man with long arms and big hands, and I think. How does man with long arms and big hands shoot yeah. the ball decently from mid-range? Uh, because you know he's going to be taking them. Uh, so just hope that they're good. Uh, but I, I I do love to hear this about him because when we think about next year's team, I often just I, I just leave him out of the equation, and I shouldn't. 
but I just after seeing Alabama shoot a bajillion threes and be successful, all you can think about is three point shooters. And you know, you can only zig and zag so much. You can afford to get some of those three point shooters that aren't as good def- uh, defensively because Collins can clean it up with a shot blocking yes. ability. That's what's going yeah. to make a difference next year. And and that's why he's going to be such a difference maker. Totally. Totally agree. Uh, going off that point, that's huge news for somebody like Dante Allen to be like, all right, listen, I'm not where I want to be defensively. I want to get better. And he can and he can and he will get better. But like, oh, that's going to make me feel a little bit more better if I get beat off the dribble. I've got Damian just in there waiting for me. Uh, mm-hmm. to help me out a little bit. And uh, another Dante Allen point I had, this is from, I had written this down a couple weeks, or I guess last week when I was watching the C.J. Frederick highlights and Kellen Grady. If I'm Dante Allen, I actually love bringing in these other shooters because it's just going to make, it should make you a better player. What are they doing that can get them on the floor over you? And then you know what you need to work on. You know what you need to get better on. Now, People are going to look at this as like, you could be burying Dante Allen. If you bring in C.J. Frederick and Kellen Grady and you bring in somebody else, you could be burying Dante Allen again. This could be good for him. He's going to see what other shooters are doing in practice. He's going to be able to see what else he's going to need to work on. And it's not going to almost be this default, Roush, and some people may not like hearing this, but it may not be this default, hey, he's our shooter. We got to get the shooter in there. We, we just need some outside shooting. Not anymore. If Dante Allen wants to get in there, it's going to be because, one, he can shoot, but, two, what is he doing differently than a Kellen Grady or a C.J. Frederick that they aren't doing? It's going to force him to get better, or he's not going to play. So it's going to force him to get better, or he's not going to play. I like that for him, for somebody that I think kind of had a weird year with most of it being more off the court than on the court. Mm-hmm. I, look for, I look forward to seeing him have to kind of bring it every single day in practice because I think he needs that. Yeah, and – I, I like that point too. That if the shooting's bad, you also don't just have the entire fan base screaming for one kid from Kentucky. You know, yes. like it's just yeah. that we need that as <laughs> a fan base. Now, yeah, um, now, now it could just and, be the kid from almost from Kentucky. Yeah, isn't CJ technically Cincinnati, but played his high school in Kentucky? Yeah, you- yeah. Some, some some Northern Kentucky folks get very big mad because they're all like they're recruiting, they're recruiting. It's like, <laughs> Dude, we didn't like. Did people throw that big of a stink whenever Rondell Moore went to Trinity? No, like that's just it's same same scenario here. But yeah, uh, I it goes back to the you all are putting too much pressure on this kid. Blah blah blah. He's a symbol of blah blah blah. Like all that stuff. Um, I don't think we'll have that this year. I really don't. I, I hope you're right. And at at the end of the day, winning cures everything. So if Kentucky's winning, people aren't going to get. If Kentucky starts the season 12 and 0, people are going to be like, but Dante's not getting enough minutes. We could be 13. No, no, I guess we're just kind of perfect as is. But like, yeah, I agree with you. And I think, I think Kentucky's going to win a lot more this upcoming season. So I think things will be better in that respect as well. Let's get a few texts in and then we'll switch gears to another sport. Maybe talk a little football, talk, uh, I don't know. You want to talk college football playoff expansion all summer? I know how excited you are to do that. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. A texter says on 502-414-1450, the text line. The interesting thing about guys like Pippen and Carr is that they are scoring guards. Could see a situation where they play in a two-point guard lineup 
with Hickman obviously won't get both those guys, but they both fit that role. That's why I think you really just need one more because Frederick seems like a done deal. That's just a matter of time before it gets announced. You already got Grady on board. I still think Mintz is gone. If Mintz does surprise me and decides to come back, Roush, then then I think you're. I don't think you have to bring in a car or Pippen. I still would like them to do because why the hell not? But uh, I wouldn't say that you'd necessarily have to do that. But the texture's right. And Cal will play multiple point guards. He's done it time and time and time again. So. Bledsoe and John Wall. Yep. Uh, Briscoe and Ulysses. Murray and Ulysses. Briscoe and Fox. You know, we, we've got we've got a lot of examples of him playing guards together, one having to kind of learn to be off the ball a little bit more. And Pippen off the ball, I think, is incredibly exciting. Like, yeah. have, have Hickman be able to kind of set him up, get a defense off balance, and then let Pippen do his work? Because he had nobody that was getting hit. He, he had nobody out on the perimeter that was helping him at Vanderbilt no. at all. He would have to do it himself, and then he'd get inside, and he'd have the the big dude who committed to Texas, Disu, who he'd be able to do, you know, help. And, and that was good. They had a good two-man thing going on there. But everything was basically created by himself at the top of the perimeter. If you have somebody else that can get him the ball, and Hickman is such a good passer, folks, I cannot stress this enough how good of a passer that he is. That's going to be fun. So, yeah, everybody knows where I stand on this. I, I guess I'm beating a dead horse at this point. Hickman, Grady, Frederick, Allen, and ideally two more guards. Think one will be Adam Miller type, and the other will be a Pippen card type. And that's the thing. We haven't even talked about Adam Miller. So, mm-hmm. right. That's another yeah, and, and on the Illinois coaching front, we did not get the chin up today. We did not get the chin Coleman announcement on Monday, unfortunately. Um I, I do think that they are going to just push back any sort of additions until at least later in the week after last week's news. Uh, just I, I even got an email from, you know, this was from over the weekend, but kind of like, hey, Coach Cal is just not going to talk for a while out of respect for the family. So I do think for a lot of the additions and movements, it's we're going to need to to wait and see. Uh, apparently Antigua is on vacation, so... Uh, you know, he'll come back with the suntan and maybe talk to us next week about his new job at Kentucky. Yeah, I'm actually going to send Jay Lucas a tweet right now and say, thoughts on the island of Antigua? Mm. Never been to Antigua. Is that Me a, neither. Is that, is that in the Beach Boy song? It's uh, Antigua and Barbados and their Caribbean island. There's the, the S is said. What's said? Barbados. It's not Barbados. It's Barbados. Different, different place. You're thinking of Barbados. It's not Barbados. It's a different place. This is so. Bar- there's two Barbadoses. No, th- no, this is Barbados. Barbuda, maybe. Not bar. It's it's different place. Just don't worry about it. Let's just oh, move past it. It's okay. not Barbados. Barbados is a different place than Barbuda. I was really going to make fun of you if you were pronouncing Barbados Barbuda, though. That would have been no, because I mean there is an S, so at least I, I I'd at least get that right. Right, but, right. If you're going to make a mistake, it's by saying the word phonetically, which is <laughs> I mean that's the way that's that's the best way to do it. It means I'm smart, really, is what it is. Sure. Hey, you broke up there. Uh, I think you said absolutely you're the best. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. No. Texter says, I wonder if commitment and other roster stuff is kind of on hold until the coaches are finalized. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, there's certainly more important things, but everything that happened last week, I think, is 
probably going to make everything a little bit less of a rush. Like they were already taking their time. Now let's just take our time extra, similar to what Roush had just said. And you got coaches on vacations making this, you know, it's, it's all going to come together. It's just not going to be as soon as I think we'd all like, and that's all right. I think we can understand kind of patience here. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, uh, now I will say I'm, I haven't been very patient this week. I'm basically just looking at the clock to try to get the hell out of here. Sorry. No offense oh. to you all, but well, that, you know, like, I'm offended. the whole, the whole working thing just, Ain't got time for it this week. Yeah. You get it the hell out of here. It's a little offensive there, Justin. Good point. Texter says 502-414-1450. And this is a good one here. Uh, only thing that takes longer than reading a Plumley Bro text is a round of golf with a Plumley Bro, apparently. <laughs> Boom roasted. That was, uh, that was a good text. Yeah, very good text. If you told me Wheeler will shoot 50% from two and 30% from three, then sign me up. But the shooting numbers really concern me. It is kind of funny the difference between like 22% and 30%. Like 30% is not great, but that's respectable enough where you can stay on yeah. the court and like, you know, kind of the Ashton Hagens thing, Roush, that you mentioned earlier. 22% is like, just don't take, just don't shoot. You cannot shoot. If you're only making one out of five, and what are rebounding percentages these days? Like, is like 20 or 40 percent offensive rebound percentage is that pretty i mean that 40 percent would be unbelievable but anyways if you're shooting 20 percent from three it means you're making one out of five if your team only rebounds maybe an offensive rebound one out of five in its own right then you're talking three possessions you're just ba- you may as well just turn the ball over right that, that's I mean, not that's yeah. that's not good no no not good three times that you shoot every five every five times you shoot three of them are basically just turnovers yeah, you exactly. can't have that. Now, that being said, I would still be okay with bringing Wheeler in to not shoot because uh, he's going to have a lot of shooters around him. Just don't shoot. If you're open, just don't shoot. That's that's what I, my advice would be, and I'm a Hall of Fame head coach. Huh. Sounds like Christian Lander. What, 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 how, are, how are Wheeler and Lander comparable? I, I mean, that's basically what I was saying about Lander. We don't need him to shoot. Just play under control. Okay, yeah, that's it. Also, Wheeler led the SEC in assists, and Lander didn't. But that's you're right. Don't shoot. No shooting. Texter says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. If you told me Wheeler, oh, we got that one. Would definitely prefer Wheeler to a more minor Wheeler. I don't know if that's in like reference saying Ty Ty Washington's a minor Wheeler. A minor Wheeler does sound. I mean. I, I could see that being a – it sounds like a musician's name, Minor Wheeler. <laughs> it sounds like a country star. Yes, New single yes. here by Minor Wheeler. <laughs> it, it, Justin's like, no, no, it's not. I'm, it, 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 no, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually sitting here thinking, yeah, I could see it. <laughs> Minor Wheeler playing at, playing at the water. He's coming to the Kentucky State Fair. During one of the breaks, we were talking about what Tom Crean was good at, and Justin said, clapping, and it made us all laugh. <laughs> and then I said, kissing his son on the lips, which he is great at. And then I also said uh, that he is good at uh, sending really creepy messages to, to, <laughs> to either mistresses or recruits. And I, I still don't know which one is creepier between those the, with the context of the direct message. Do you all remember the direct message? I don't think I do, no. 
Okay, it's kind of people I've forget about it. I've been about you a lot, like a lot, a lot, or something like that. that oh was, yeah, was... yeah, I, yeah, I remember now. And it was yes. a transfer, right? Uh, it, it, people think that it was. It, yes, people think that, but he said that it was to a new recruit, um, or recruit or transfer or whatever it was. But it was weird. He said, I'm doing great. Been thinking about you a lot since last weekend. A whole lot. How are you doing? <laughs> Tom Crean's such a gem. There needs to be like a 30 for 30 just on how goofy that dude is. Oh, man. And Georgia's lost a ton of players, by the way. They, they've had pretty much anybody of semi-relevance leave their program. And Georgia fans are furious about it. But, like, I guess Tom Crean's got too sweet of a gig for them to do anything with it there. Let's go I, to another commercial. Oh, I would just, wanted to, add, oh. Oh, I just yeah. wanted to add, you talked about people leaving. Have you seen what happened with Syracuse women's basketball program? They've I, had I, just, the, just the headlines. 12 people enter the, their, their entire team into the transfer portal, including – a girl like a six foot four center. So uh Kentucky, you need a little front court help. Uh just there, there's plenty from Syracuse in that portal that are ready to get the hell out of there. Hmm. Wonder what the what the deal is. You know what though? I, that's if there's I'm I'm glad they at least had this freedom to do it once to to find the right fit because uh especially if you get a coaching change midterm, then it just, it can be ugly. So uh, she, the head coach did say, you know, if they have the right to enter the portal, I have the right to get players out of the portal. And that's how we're going to do things. So it sounds like she's a big hard ass and they were tired of putting up with her crap. Yeah. That, you know, stuff like that. Like, cause you, you would have thought Matthew Mitchell had done something just like completely out of bounds, something incredibly egregious or something. And it ended up being like, he just wasn't around the program enough. Cause he's spending time with his family. And it was like, oh, you know, I could get why that would annoy me if I were a player and maybe to the point where I'd want to leave. But like, sheesh, a mass exodus because of it. That's, you know, that's weird. Um, and then sure enough, hey, UK women's basketball, hire a Hall of Fame assistant. Let's talk about that when we return or at least bring it up. And uh, I've got some like coaching stuff that I want to bring up as well. We got a lot more text we need to get to. So it'll be a jam packed final 30 minutes of Kentucky roll call. TJ Walker. Okay. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. looking for Kentucky Roll Call. What do you know about Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush? Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. PJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Want to tell you about our friends at Bobby Cook Golf Academy. It's going to, a lot of people like golfing during Derby Week, and why the hell wouldn't you? Some people are off work Friday. They don't want to go down to Oaks. Uh, people like to go golf. The weather is perfect today, but midweek, it's going to get a little nasty. I think Justin, Kalen, and I are going to head to the Bobby Cook Golf Academy this week. They're over off Exit 4 in Southern Indiana. 
we'll go there. We can either just hit the range, Justin, or we can play a course. We probably should play a course while we're at yeah, it. They've got might as well. virtual down. courses all over the world and top-of-the-line simulators. It'll show you everything that you're doing with your swing and where you're hitting the ball and how hard you're hitting the ball and all these fun things that, that go into these simulators that are expensive. But that's why you just pay a small fee. You go to Bobby Cook Golf Academy, and you can go to bobbycookgolfacademy.com to learn more, book your tee times, or get a one-on-one lesson with Bobby Cook himself. You won't find better prices if you're trying to get a little better at golf. Bobby Cook will help you. He will. He'll guarantee that he will take strokes off your game. All right. Roush, what did you have? Uh, we were going to talk UK women's basketball. Big hire. Big hire. And I like it. I do, too. Pretty neat. Yeah. They, uh, Gail. <laughs> oh. You can do it. Just give it the old college try. Ghost stinkers. Uh, go and stinker. Go and stinkers. Stinkers. Gale. They bring in Gale, who was a Hall of Fame head coach from where was it? Duke and Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she's won a ton of basketball games. She's a woman's basketball legend. She will now be an assistant on Kyra Elsie's staff. And this is pretty obvious to me, Roush. This is. We've got a first-time head coach. There's so yeah. much that she doesn't know. There's so much she's got to learn. Let's just bring in this legend. I, I like this move by Mitch Barnhart. And this may come as a hot take, or people may not agree with it, and that's fine. I think it was a mistake to promote Kyra Elzey to head coach. And for what it's worth, if when they did it with Joker, that kind of proved to be a mistake. That was more of a head coach in waiting. You had to kind of keep him. You wanted him to be happy so he'd stay. All that sort of deal. Um but, like, in football, if, if if Stoops decided to leave and Kentucky didn't interview any other candidates but instead just promoted Liam Cohen to head coach, we may think that it could end up in the long run being a good decision, but I think we'd all say, was that really doing your due diligence? And I feel this way with the women's basketball program. Uh, if you wanted to hire Kyra Elsie, I think you should have waited till the end of the season and you should have met with other people. You should have met with Kyra and then made that decision. Um but this is a good way to kind of make up for that, Roush. And I think that's what Mitch Barnhart was doing was, listen, she's got a lot of inexperience. She's going to need some help. Let's get literally a Hall of Famer in here to to kind of get everything stable. Uh, good old Gail Go Stinker. She's going to get things. She's going to take out the stink and get things <laughs> stable, as you said. You know, it, it's a great idea. Uh, I, having somebody who's been there, done that, to be able to bounce ideas off is important for any coaching staff uh, to have, you know, quote unquote, an old head in the room. Uh, so that great move by Kyra Elsey and Mitch Barnhart to, to maybe provide a little bit of stability, especially uh, when, you know, I mean, uh, you, you faced quite a bit of adversity last year. So that should help steady the ship. The biggest, the biggest news in women's college basketball, though, Kim Mulkey said, suck it, Baylor. I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm tired of sharing my hot takes in Waco around a bunch of Baptists. I can really fire them off in the SEC because in the SEC, it just means more. And when she first stepped on LSU's campus, she was greeted by Coach O. And one of the things she said was, don't call me, ma'am. I'm a, I'm younger than you. And I thought that was a great line. She, you know, she's, she's fiery. She's got a lot. She's really saucy, as some might say. I think fiery is the better word. Um, I'm... 
I'm sure she's going to have a moment or two on the court this year where we're like, oh my gosh, has she lost her mind? And it's going to be fun. We're going to be able to pay closer attention to her. And now I do worry, like, is LSU all of a sudden going to be awesome? And now you have to deal with LSU, Texas A&M, and South Carolina being really good at women's basketball. That that won't be fun. No, it won't be. Like, step your game up, Kentucky. And I feel like we've kind of been slipping a little bit over the last – uh, decade really to begin with so y- you need to you need to kind of comfortably stake out your spot in the SEC and it needs to be near the top because a decade ago that seemed like that's where it was heading and it's kind of just hit stalled but maybe this new edition of uh, Goose Stink will end up being a, a, a good thing for the program they've got players you're gonna have literally the best player in college basketball next season so you know win a lot of games with her because that's what you need that's what you need to do Nick, did uh, Coach O offer her some gumbo that you know of? Uh, gumbo etouffee. Uh, no, he did not. He did not. I don't think so. I, 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 know, this will, I know this will come as a uh, shocker that Dan Wolken wasn't happy that she ripped off her mask during the press conference. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> she she did th- she did that more as of, of like I've got so much to say I'm not going to be muzzled and she like tore off her mask and yeah threw it. who is it the dude that got hired that like threw his mask on the ground um oh yeah who I don't remember the guy from Wake Forest is that sound right oh Steve Forbes yes yes yeah God. I think I think you're right during like his little like press like it was like a, was it a video I think it was yeah, like it was, it was a, like a hype, it was like a hype video welcoming him to Wake Forest but this was like during the heat of the pandemic you know so this was like literally this time last year and he yeah yeah that was good a good call back there rush funny stuff mm-hmm. see Forbes yeah. also like was trying to not have Sar go to Kentucky but then had a change of heart so that was good uh, yeah it didn't I, matter Kim Mulkey's gonna have some takes too she was the one who was just like stop testing before the final four so that way we do, we can make sure it gets played and nobody gets uh, suspended. I lo- love some good hot takes, so yeah, we're going to get plenty of those. Yeah, her take there was basically like, what if some team loses their best player in the Final Four because of a negative, a, a false negative or something like that? Uh, so she just wanted the testing to be done altogether, and folks were not happy about that. So weren't happy about that at all. All right, Kentucky's officially posted those job openings. By the way, they'll be snatched up by Orlando and Tigua and Chin. Um, when, whenever that gets official, but like the postings are up there. So it, it means we're just moving a little further along in yeah. the process, which is, which is good news. Let's get a little further along in the text line. How does that sound? Sounds great. All righty. Uh, and Hey, Justin, if you ever have any thoughts on any of the texts, you know, you, you feel free to give your opinions on them too. They're, they're texting to all of us. Just not roushing me. You know that, but I, I, I know this, I know how radio works. I wasn't sure. I was just <laughs> questioning sometimes. Thanks thanks for your permission. Though. You're welcome. Uh, texter <laughs> says, Shay here, tape on the face mask is tough as nails, Nick. Kick rocks for saying it isn't. Also, we did it because of badasses, all-American freak athlete Sean Taylor, not loser Michael Bush, back-to-back freezing cold takes by Roush. That's a tough look. No, I didn't say that it wasn't a tough look. I said you only did it because it was cool. It served no other purpose. And if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I never watched Sean Taylor play a snap of football ever because it oh, was wow. like two, it was 2001. He played for Washington. Now those Miami teams were awesome, but I just, I remember Ed Reed, Willis McGahee. Like I remember the other guys. I know Sean Taylor was great, but I don't, I don't remember him taping the face mask. I do remember Michael Bush taping his face mask 
in that game against Brian Brown where they had like a bajillion points and it was one of the greatest football games ever. So suck it, Shay. It's just the trickle down of cool, you know. Bush probably got that from other NFL players, including oh, sure. that. Were, right. Yeah, you know that are college players as well. Uh, Texter said, but I'm always going to be on Shay's side, except people forget he's having his wedding on Saturday, which also what? happens to be. A, uh, you oh, know that we've talked about that. Oh, but I Shay, you you can oh, Ugh. you best. You know if you you, you know if you, you just hate act, your friends, you hate them. That's yeah, what you do by scheduling your wedding on this Saturday. You can't spell shame without Shay. You're exactly right. Goodness. It gracious. all depends on I mean, what time's the wedding, though? If it's not till like seven o'clock at night, that's gonna be fine, right? What time do you no. think the derby is, you use your dingus? Seven o'clock like, at night. Oh, I thought it was at like five thirty. No, no it, it, it keeps getting pushed back later. Yeah. It's uh, Roush, it's not gonna be long before we get a night derby, dude. Like I've been the I've been the next decade they try one. They'll probably keep it in the twilight hours just because it's a, it is a full long day and like so there, there's but yeah but I, but I think that there's well, the city of Louisville would push back if it was at night because they you know they make quite a bit of money with people going out afterwards I think the latest we would ever get would be like eight thirty just as the lights go down there but in doing it this year they are going to try to time it up with the sunset you know in the years to come. <sighs> man just beautiful uh definitely not a day to get married no horrible days to get married i can't even <sighs> i got i got a lot of fall weddings in my future roush how do you feel about that i don't like it i get it but i don't like it i think i just have one this fall maybe two but i think i maybe just have one this fall but it's like when the baby's coming so uh, you know that one won't be of concern but i think the i think fall 2022 i've already got like two or three Man, that's a lot. <laughs> Not too long before I probably get back. I start getting into like second wedding season with friends groups because we we've only got a few left that aren't that aren't hitched. <laughs> second wedding season. <laughs> Have you all gotten? Oh gosh, uh, Justin, I was just thinking back to that story that you told. We've got to do a Patreon and have you tell that story. That yeah, yeah they're okay. I'm I'm okay with that, but there's some caveats that we've got to into that. Oh, I love caveats. Caveats yeah. are the best. So, so we'll, we'll discuss that another day, but there's some caveats if we're going to do it's, that. It's one of those things, too, folks, that just when I thought, I'm like, okay, Justin, you know, he is a dinosaur. Like, he, Justin's kind of, he has his weirdness to him. You know, he can't stand Coors Light. It's like it treated him poorly. But there's, this story about Justin Kalen is just the most, it's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I mean, it makes Trevor Kelsey look like a normal person. Like, and that's that's only one of my stories, boys. I've got two or three that I could share. What? That are kind of mind blowing. Yeah. I don't know that any are going to be as crazy as the one I shared with you all, but I've got some crazy ones. And it's folks, like this isn't a Roush tease either. Like, no, it's no, really no. not. I swear. <laughs> I thought it was when Roush was like, Justin's got a story that you're not going to believe. And I was like, oh, he got another lizard. Like, what? you know, what's Justin doing? That's <laughs> super interesting. This is like the most fascinating and interesting thing I've ever heard in my life. It's literally something that happens in the office, just to kind of give you a teaser. 
Like yep. li- literally a real thing that goes on in the office is Justin's life. <laughs> and we'll, we'll do a Patreon and we'll spill all the beans. But it may this week is kind of crazy with everybody with Derby and stuff. So we may have to wait till next week. But yeah, folks, we can do it next week. I promise you, you would not want to miss this. It, it's it's <laughs> you, you will have a newfound respect for Justin or just an understanding of Justin that you didn't even know. You'll think of him differently. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> maybe better. Maybe you'll think of him worse. I don't know. That's for other people to How- stop. How did that come off with you guys? Better or worse? Uh, I think you're so cool. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, the cool. That's it. That's and I, I mean. and I and I did tell my friends just kind of like a broad stroke of the story, and they all just were like, "I I never would have like I've never met Justin, but I never in a million years, <laughs> never in a million years." And so they all respect you and think you're cool, and they want to they want to hang out. That's all I ever wanted. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, a texture says. Oh, uh, have you all ever gotten kicked out from a bar? I'm on number two. I'm not going to lie. I love the thrill. Technically, uh, I, technically I have, but it's never been because of like me just being a complete total dingus. One time on a Bambi walk, I snuck in beers to a bar and oh, yeah. just because the lines were super long and the bartender saw that I cracked open a canned beer and I think they only had draft or bottles and he was like, you can't be bringing in alcohol. So get out. And I was like, well, we're going to the next bar anyways. So suck it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I have one of the angriest temper tantrums I've ever had an adult was we were down on Bourbon Street and day drinking, of course. And one of my buddies was overserved and he was in the bathroom. And so I went to go check on him. And when I came out, they threw both of us out. And I was like, hold up. I'm not even that drunk. I was just going to be a good friend. And you're going to throw me out of the bar. And my temper tantrum proved that I was overserved and needed to be thrown out of the bar. I got so mad. I like stormed back to the hotel and shaved the mustache off my face. I just had a mustache. I, don't, I like, I like took my wallet out of my pocket. I slammed it against the wall and I went and shaved my mustache and Brooke came back to the room and she's like, what is wrong with you? And I, I was just, you know, I, well, I, I, I deserve to get the toss out of that bar. Turns out. So you're just mad? So you shaved your mustache? Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know why That's that was my reaction, weird. but you know, sleep deprivation, booze—they they do some crazy things to you. You must have been six sheets to the wind if that was that that was how you reacted. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I went a little Looney Tunes there. So I wish that was your reaction for every time you got mad, Nick. Shave my mustache. Texter says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. TJ sounds like me in classes, taking talking out my butt, not doing homework. That that's fair. <laughs> oh, texture says, "Happy Turby, guys." <laughs> Roush, what's your favorite frozen pizza? TJ's probably never had one. Ooh, what? I love frozen pizza. Bad take, texture. I love frozen pizza. That that goes back to an early KRC argument where I said that there's no difference between DiGiorno and Kroger frozen pizza, and I admitted. I admitted that it's not far off, but I was wrong. Like Kroger frozen pizza, good, but I can't tell the difference in quality ingredients. I eventually conceded after fighting I, back for quite some time. And, and I think that's the best I'm going to get is just you at least admitting that there's a difference. But, you know, if you like the Kroger pizza so much, you are going to save a lot of money getting those. And yeah. I don't think Kroger pizzas are absolutely terrible, but they are not nearly as good as some of the, the quality ones. Um, but, yeah, frozen pizza – when the wife's ever like, "Hey, let's just do either like takeout or frozen pizza," I, it's it, no dishes, no cleanup, no work. Woo! So or DiGiorno, right? 
Yes. It's not okay. delivery, though. No. Yeah. It's, no, that's, it's definitely that's not. And it, but it's better than Totino's. Oh, Totino's. Gosh, I had a friend in college that, like, Horrible. lived off Totino's. Like, Horrible. lived off of them. They were a dollar. They were one dollar to get a Totino's pizza. I, they're and sometimes not worth a dollar. Deals, sometimes they'd have deals where it'd be like you could get six for five dollars. So they'd even throw in like a free one. And he'd just <laughs> do that. He'd, he'd eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They were oh. so cheap. And he, uh, yeah, they were terrible. I agree with you. And he developed acid reflux at the age of 21. <laughs> uh, I will say, to, so Kroger, you can buy crust there, like self-rising crust for like a buck. Uh, they come in like little packets, like you would see gravy or something like that. And you can make homemade pizzas and they're really good. Cause all it is is just like, it, it takes very little effort to make these and they taste better. Uh, now we did that last night. And since Brooke realized we didn't have something she wanted on the pizza, she ran to the, the, the close, you know, little grocery store right next to us to grab something. The dough sat too long and oh. it, got, it got stuck in the pan because it sat too long, which was it was disappointing. The toppings were so fine, but out of the seven or eight times we did it, that's the only time that it hasn't been executed fantastically. Um, so if you do get those, just don't let them sit too long, but they are great. And it's a very cheap way to make a homemade pizza. Feels a little bit classier than your typical frozen pizza. I have a uh, tweet. I want to read you. Okay. Syracuse basketball coach, Jim Bayham will be at the Derby on Saturday as part of the ownership group of BBN racing which starts long shot hidden stash. I have a couple tail feathers. Bayheim said with a laugh on Monday, I have as small of a piece of him that you can have. Ah, do, do you know that? I didn't know that Bayheim was a part of, uh, part of BB and racing. Maybe he's going to join Calipari staff to fill one of those assistant roles. And that way Kentucky can have two head coaches, one away from Indiana's. He will be the, Assist. He he will be the head of booger picking. Uh, but no, I, I, Justin, I, I smell a KSR story. Jim Beheim, part ownership group of the BBN Racing. Uh, Roush, you could maybe reach out to Syracuse see if you get a quote. Uh, uh, could be a fun little story. I get a lot of clicks. Could be. I, I could also just say, "Suck it, Jim Beheim." Well, yeah, put that in the article too. Okay. Uh, Texer says and HTT had tip Terry. uh, So yeah, exactly. Uh, Texer says so. Wait, TJ covered recruiting. Roush is from the South End. Stop. (laughs) I'm glad you said that, like Sammy from Jersey Shore, because that's how I read it. I think that's that's how they meant it. Like we're sick of here, and you all talk about those things. But thing is, we have to talk for two hours a day. It's going to get brought up multiple Mm. times. Good morning, guys. I would definitely listen to a new GOAT podcast with you all, Game of Thrones. I will definitely watch it when it comes out. Those who hated so hard on the final season could suck it. I understand it wasn't the best, but so sorry you didn't like the imaginary fictional world someone created for you. (laughs) (laughs) Lastly, I've already followed the House of Dragons Instagram where they announced the cast. Pretty pumped. Yeah, and they're in production now. Yep, they did their first like table read and, and all that stuff, so... Whoa. House of the Dragon. I'm gonna have to follow that as well. I'm doing that now, but yeah, we'll we'll. De- oh, I don't see the official one, but we'll figure that out a little bit later. Yeah, it. Uh, I'm excited about it. I I, I just want to go in though, like fresh. You know, I don't want it to like. I don't want to have the expectations of regular Game of Thrones. I don't want to have the season eight expectation. I just want it to be like a a new show that touches. T- uh, it brushes shoulders with Game of Thrones. You know. Like they're familiar with one another, but they're not the same thing. 
Right, right. Like I think uh, that's gonna we gotta be fair with this show. Exactly, exactly. We can't hold it up to the highest standard. Uh, I'm, I'm all for setting the bar lower so it can exceed expectations, but I'm afraid that won't be the case for most folks. Um, one texter says, is there any answer other than Chris Beard for Cal's successor, assuming he continues to kill in recruiting and winning games? Yeah, here's the thing, though, Texter. Uh, Texas, pretty big job. So I could see him getting content there. Sure. Uh, yeah, if he, I mean, if he wins a national championship there, he's not leaving. But like, the well, one thing that is pretty nice, though, is you are Kentucky. So pretty much every job aside from, what, Carolina and Duke, you can theoretically pull their head coach from because you're such a prestigious job. In Kansas. Kansas in that company as well. And how many colleges in the country are saying, oh, if this doesn't work out, we've got to get Chris Beard? All a of lot, them, right? A lot, but not, yeah. you know, Kentucky – Kentucky should be able to have a better pitch than all those other places that you're mentioning. Um, But no, if you're a Kentucky fan and you want Chris Beard to be at Kentucky next, just like root for Texas to lose in sweet 16s and elite eights, like as high seeds. Like, so he feels like, Hey, I can do well at Texas, but to get over the hump to win a national championship, I may need to go somewhere else. But Roush, I agree with your initial statement that I think what's going to end up happening is he will probably win a championship at Texas, and I bet he'll just stay there until either he decides maybe to go to the NBA. Um, but I think he'll be comfortable at Texas. A lot of money there, mm-hmm. big fan base, and if they ever really got consistently good, I, I think they could really get well, that thing running. So he'll probably stay at Texas. He, they have the the money, and you also don't have to be – I mean, you're always going to be second fiddle to football. So maybe that that's a good thing short-term, but long-term, you can pull the old Billy Donovan and say, do you really always want to be second fiddle to your football team kind of deal? That's a good point. Yeah, I guess that that that's a we'll that's see. a fair that's a that's a fair take. A texter says, "Is can we can't we say the same for our team as we were saying about Louisville? Seems okay, but no star power to make a Final Four run as of today. Probably right, but U of L doesn't have a seventeen point college score for four you know for four years in college basketball like Kellen Grady. Uh, they don't have anybody like Oscar Shuboy." that is like super physical is going to bully people around. Maybe that Roosevelt Wheeler guy can turn into that for them. I I will admit, I don't know anything about him. So I got to at least be fair there. And then two, you say no star power. One, Damian Collins will be, whether we agree or not agree. And two, they're going to, they're going to get a car, a Pippen or a Zagorowski. I just, I'm pretty confident in that. That will be your, that will be your star power, Roush. Nope, you're you're exactly right. Good morning, guys. Listening to commercials and hearing the rooster for the chicken restaurant re- really reminds me of sitting in Williams Bryce Stadium. Is there a more annoying sound in sports than their third down rooster sound? Uh, when Tennessee did third down for what? Yes, that was much more annoying. Oh gosh, that was terrible. Yeah, the but worse. The thing about the rooster though, if I was a South Carolina fan, I'd love it. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's because it is so obnoxious. It's like the coal whistle probably annoys the bejesus out of. Oh, I, I'm I'm pulling know. down on the coal whistle anytime I get an opportunity when I'm at the Krog. It's the dumbest thing, but I I can't help but love it too. So oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a sucker for just in-game gimmicks. Yep, me too. Uh, John here. Good morning, you all. Hey, Tata. Time soon. In- Hey, Tata time soon in Big Blue Country. I just have great basketball vibes when it comes to that young man. Hey, my Chiefs have made big moves in the off salon during the offseason. What do you think your teams will do at the up and coming draft? Hey, guys, if you don't mind, throw up a little prayer. I wish my family a little luck. We have something big possibly coming our way. Well, good luck, John. We hope all is well. And Justin, I've got great news. 
in Bucky Brooks' latest mock draft, he has Jamin Davis going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, come on, I'll take it. My the the one of the Green Bay like writers that I or podcasters writers that I follow the most did his own mock draft and had Green Bay getting Jamin Davis at sixty two. And I, and I had to be like, dude, Jamin Davis is not going to be there at 62. And out of a couple Packers people be like, he's a complete wild card. He could be. You never know. I was like, I get it. He may not end up being first round, although I think he will. But he would but be he, a top 40 pick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's not going will. 62, man. There's <laughs> no way. No we'll way take, that he'd be 62. We'll take Shadow on the Steelers. And it, it kind of bugged me because, like, I really take this dude's opinion to heart. But if you think Jamin Davis is going to be there at 62, I know nobody knows anything about the NFL draft. I sure as hell don't. Uh, we'll talk more about that stuff tomorrow. Uh, but, John, we'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers, buddy. We're wishing you best. Whatever exciting news is on the way. Somebody sends in a picture of the KS Bar Hop Brown. Hey, Roush, is your ex-boss serving up doo-doo and calling it a Hop Brown? That's the grossest thing I've ever seen. That does not look like a Hop Brown. Well, and in fairness, Hop Browns do uh... – it, it is just he's got the gravy the sauce on it it looks kind of gross and bad angles we have a picture <laughs> on we we have we have a picture of a close-up oh. taken by a real photographer that's much much nicer on ks bars instagram and hot browns are one of those things too i enjoy one every once in a while it's not like my favorite thing but tj i know you think they're disgusting like they, no I, no i love hot browns wait what Bad take. That I is, love hot browns. That is a but shock because usually you're anti-sauce, and it's very saucy, you know? Uh, the, the Monterey sauce or whatever it is, yeah. I I just I like hot browns, man. I don't know what it is about them. Like, it's, just, it's delicious. Whoever came up with it, you know, well, we know who came up with it. But, like, genius idea. You just get a little bit of, like, gooey with hot, with bread, and, and, oh, bacon, crunchy. So, so good. But I like a hot brown to look like a, like, a thing like it hey that's a hot round what your ex-boss tweeted out just looks like a mush pile like right right you yeah, know spread yeah. out across the plate there's no like you know there's no consistency with it um but I, i'll check out that other picture i love a good hop brown i'll try a hop brown at most places too i, 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 I like, like the wings, hot brown sandwich brown oh I, yeah I'm i agree you. it's I as agree. much better as a sandwich not as messy uh especially because tomatoes like who the hell cuts up a tomato? You know, you got to just bite into it, and you can't really do that when it's Ooh. spread out like that. Um, well, yeah, you got to cut it up. Yeah, you're right about that. Full disclosure, I used to clown Crean for kissing his kid, but now that I have two little boys, it's not as weird as initially thought. I'm sure by the time he's 20, I'll stop, but my three-year-old is all about it, and it melts my heart. Yeah, he's three, man, of course. That was that's yeah. great. You should love all the kisses you can get from your kids, but I think that stops um, – that, that stops – at puberty probably right i mean before then probably but but to each their it doesn't go into the 20s i can tell you that much <laughs> that's true I, I, you know i don't know where it exactly stops each their own but it doesn't go in their 20s or it can but you got to be ready to kind of get made fun of if you do do it you do whatever you want when you're popping right roush oh of course uh roush definitely strikes me as the student who says he did terrible on exam but gets it back and totally it's totally yeah, great definitely. text yeah yeah, yeah, that's oh, right. yeah that was, that's right. i got killed I've never seen a text that I agreed with more than that one, by the way. As soon as it came in, I was like, this texter's 100% right. That is right. And, and here's my one and only, to be fair for today, or maybe it's not my one and only, who really knows. But to be fair, I like that person, Roush, a lot more better than like, you got a 70? That was oh. so easy. Yeah, yeah, you got to be modest. You got yeah, to. Yeah, seriously. I, so you, much better. You, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, question of the day: What's the best Girl Scout co- cookie? Samoa's one out at our pool at our oh. work pool. Thin mints tied in this because they're trash, and a breath mint shouldn't be considered a cookie or mixed with chocolate. There, but, I said it. The lemon drops are the best, and second best Samoas. are the s'mores. Uh, these are new to the Girl Scout cookie games. Right, a lot of your right. traditionalists don't recognize these, but they are absolutely delicious. And thank you to Kim Ryan for kind of getting me on the Girl Scout cookie train by basically just giving me a ton of Girl Scout cookies and knowing that um, I would eat them. And I did. I've never done delicious. the lemon drop ones because I think those are new to this year. No, they were last so, year. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah. And you did try one. She brought in all those cookies. I was like, you got to try one of these. They were good. Did I try one? Either way, Samoas were one of those things when I was a kid, I saw coconut and I was like, I hate coconut. And then I tried them like two years ago and they are, um, God, love them. Absolutely love them. A uh, texter says, Bullity's Beast here. Is it possible that Roush got so mad one time when he was drunk, he ripped his own ears off? Perhaps there was no mustache to shave and clearly there's no hair. Suck it, Justin. You're a stinky, stinky breath. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's hilarious. Texture says hard boiled some eggs in the air fryer. It's legit. Oh, that sounds what? Yeah. I think we got a new we got a new air fryer, folks. Yeah, no, I, I texted him after to figure out the the how he did it because hard boiled eggs is a time process. Yeah, yeah. Right. It takes a while. A texture says, like the optimism you guys have from my star power tweet. Can't wait to see how this all plays out. Off-season drama is pretty fun, boys. Also, this is TC from Lexington. Been texting from the beginning. Oh, thanks, TC. Appreciate it. Yeah, some people don't put their names in them, and they've been texting since day one. We appreciate you all all the same. The numbers can sometimes run together. We don't save names in our little text line. But uh, people that have been texting in, we we really do appreciate it. We like hearing from you all uh, first and foremost. And uh, that's the thing I like about Calipari, Roush, is that like we're always going to have – Stuff to talk about in the offseason, for better or for worse, like whether it's players leaving or whether it's bringing in transfers or bringing in players or reclassifications at the last minute. There really is never a dull moment with UK basketball, and I think that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do too. And I honestly, to be fair, I, yeah, there's a second one. I think Kentucky football is doing some of you know, football recruiting never stops. It's as year around, but there just seems like there's. We, we can't go a week without something exciting happening in Kentucky football. So football's doing it the same. That's how you know you got coaches you should keep around when things are just always kind of exciting. Uh, a 9-16 and 16 season wasn't exciting. Don't get me wrong about that. That was miserable. But it seems like that ain't going to happen anytime soon again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, reindeer Bowl, Snake Eyes, or KS Bar Hot Brand? Fear Factor Food Options. Oh, boom, you can suck it. Boom roasted. Let's, right. uh, let's get out of here, Terry. Let's get out of here. Everybody have a good Tuesday. Thanks for all the texts in the show. Thanks to Justin for getting us on Spotify. Not quite official yet, but should happen in just a a matter of time. So he's done all the heavy lifting there. Everybody have a great Tuesday. This is KRC on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Wednesday.